Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, the way that I've been treated has been fair. It's been um, really good, really good. So, obviously, the... Result hasn't been exactly what I wanted it to be, but I'm walking I'm walking out the door with my head held high. Welcome into the new Rocket Fuel podcast. We are here to fuel your Rockets news. I'm your co-host, LaShar Binkley. Of course, you can always find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops, and you can find my written work at SB Nation or The Dream Shake. And before we get too far into it, I want to give my co-host a chance to introduce himself. Hey, yo, what's up? You can find me at uh, Twitter at Vader, and you can also find me on Instagram, uh, Vader, as well. Of course, we got a lot of big news to talk about. Of course, I want to start off with we are actually transitioning to our own YouTube page, the Rocket Fuel Pod uh, YouTube page. You can find us on there. We're going to be putting all of our future um, post-game interviews, the exit interviews coming up in the next couple of days. Um, we're going to be having some be able to actually talk to some of the draft picks like av- they have every year where you're able to talk to some of the uh, future um, NBA players before they go into the draft. We're going to be having that content. We're going to be having great podcast guests, uh, former players, a lot of draft talk. We're going to have a lot of draft experts on here. So we have a lot of big things coming. So make sure you subscribe to the new Rocket Fuel podcast uh, YouTube page. We're going to have a lot of great content, great exclusive content. Uh, coming up on that page and of course the big news today is the rockets won no that's not the big news today uh the rockets did win the (laughs) The rockets did win a third straight four out of five in the year they did have a two-game improvement over last year but nobody's talking about that because the news actually broke before the game was even over that coach silas will not be back next season the rockets will not be picking up that fourth year option on his contract and that the Rockets will be seeking a new head coach for this next upcoming season. Um, like I said, the news broke actually right as the Rockets were winding down their win over the Washington Wizards in Washington, um, which, you know, to me is kind of a not a great way to have the news come out. But in today's age of trying to get things out first, I can't say I'm exactly surprised, but I would prefer to at least wait until size got past his post-game interview to actually get that information out there. But Either way, where we are right now, the Rockets um, haven't officially made it um, the case. Um, Silas did say he's going to be speaking with Rafael Stone and the organization tomorrow, which I assume then they will make it official. And hopefully we'll be hearing from Stone either during exit interviews or during sometime next week. And, of course, we will be out at the Toyota Center um, either virtually or hopefully they'll let us actually be in person. Uh, to talk to Stone, and we'll be talking to a lot of the players. We will be having that up on our YouTube page, and we'll have it actually also as part of our audio podcast as well. Um, But, of course, that's the big news. So before we get into possible replacements for Coach Silas, I definitely want to say that my time, my first year talking to, uh, being able to talk to the players and the coaches out of the game, Coach Silas is probably one of the nicest people I've ever met. I mean, the Rockets going through, again, one of the worst seasons and franchise history and he answered every single 
question. He was there during every single post game. Um, he didn't deny anybody um, access to be able to talk to him. He was one of the nice people I knew. I, I'm pretty sure he didn't even know who I was at the beginning of the season. He may not even know who I am now, but he definitely still talked to me. He definitely answered all my questions. He was always gracious no matter how many games in a row they lost. So I definitely wish Coach Silas the best. I think that uh, if he wants to coach next year, he won't have a tr- uh, uh, he won't have any trouble finding a assistant coach job because everybody respects him in the NBA. So um, definitely best to coach Silas. Much respect to the, uh, the way he answered the questions after the game today. Even with the news already being uh, released, he answered the questions. Um, he said he'll walk out with his head high, uh, hell high, as you heard before we got on. So definitely respect to coach Silas and definitely wish him the best. Uh, but before we get into possible replacement, I want to get your thoughts on uh, the news that we saw today um, about Coach Silas not coming back next season. Um, to piggyback on what you said, like <clears throat> I got a direct message, a, a DM or, or whatever, and somebody was like, ding dong, the witch is dead, you know, when they found out like Silas wasn't coming back. And uh, like I, I know there's a large, uh, probably probably an overwhelming amount of people in the Rockets community who are who are very excited about this news, and um, it's I'm kind of torn because like I I do think that this is the right thing for the future of the team just because I just think they need to go in a different direction. It's not that I don't think he's a good coach. It's not a you know obviously um, if you are to believe everything that is being said, I've never met the man in person, but. He seems to be a really nice guy. Uh, right. the, the the players on the team really respect him. They really like him a lot. <clears throat> but at the same time, uh, two things can be true. Uh, he 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 can be very knowledgeable about basketball. He can he can be a good coach. This just might not be the best situation for him. And especially after you know losing three consecutive seasons, I just think that the team is is ready to move into a different direction. And I yeah. think having him as a as a face of the team. I just think, you know, as a fan, it just to me, it just seems better to kind of replace him, even at his own benefit. Like, I I feel like bringing him back another year is almost detrimental to him because he's already on the high seat. He's already a lame book coach. They would have to do something like um, so far outside of expectations in order for him to even be considered to keep his job. I think it's better to for for both parties involved to just cut ties right now so um i'm not trying to be politically correct um because i i do genuinely like think that stephen silas is a good coach and i think he's a good person but i also believe that i think that it's time that the rockets move in a different direction i think that um if he goes to another situation that's that's like like let's be honest the situation that he was placed in <clears throat> was not one that was set up for him to be uh you know as successful as he possibly could be just like with the the rock to construction uh if you were to believe anything that's came out today and in, in the uh, reports that's that's come out from like Woj and and guys like that um the the interference from the front office uh, he was just kind of put in a situation where he he was just kind of set up <laughs> to fail, right? A horrible situation, yeah. Right, and so I hate to say, like, man, this man should never coach, uh, be a head coach in the NBA again, because that's what a lot of our fan base is saying right now. Um, I sat in a Twitter Spaces today right after the game, and a lot of people were like, 
you know, very celebratory of the fact that he was being fired. Not not just because they felt like he did a bad job, but just because of the fact that they think that he's a horrible coach and he's unfit. And part of me is like, like I do know just from my, my limited coaching, I, I've never coached on the NBA level, you know, sitting in that first chair is hard, right? It's, it's very hard. It's very difficult to be a head coach uh, at any level, let alone at the highest uh, level uh, of professional sports, which is what he was doing at the NBA uh, but um, you see all the time like guys who are like really good assistants aren't necessarily good head coaches yeah. but you've also seen guys who have failed as an assistant coach um, learn from that and I think see I think Stephen Silas will learn from some of the things that he's made like look at J.B. Bickerstaff over in Cleveland he got an opportunity here with he the Houston me Rockets. To it. <laughs> yep. he had an opportunity here with the Houston Rockets to be a head coach and we were like like, get this dude out of here. He don't know what he's doing. He's terrible. Yeah. But now, you know, he's over there, you know, and and, and I, I hate to say what a difference a day makes, but what a difference uh, um, actual, like, veteran talent on your team makes. <laughs> Donovan you Mitchells and the Darius Garlands and Jared Allen makes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, give, give me give me three all-stars and give me a potential all-star in Evan Mobley. Like, I yes. feel like I could coach – I feel like I could coach – like, no disrespect, respectfully – I feel like I could coach the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers pretty decently just because, like, you, know, you can't win without talent. Nope. And uh, we have talent with the Houston Rockets, but it's young talent. They don't know the game. And and his job was uh, made extremely difficult. He was tasked with, with not only trying to win basketball, but to also teach the game of basketball to guys who, like, have either are fresh out of college or who been, like, a out of the AAU circuit. Like he, he was given a very difficult job. And so, like, um, I wish him the best. Um, and so that's just one thing I want to get across. Like, I, I do agree. I do think that, you know, they, the Rockets probably do need to go in a different direction right now. But I do wish that man the best. And I hope that he lands on his feet somewhere. Yeah, and that's the thing that I want to definitely get across. Uh, Coach Alex had zero chance to win with this roster. And now I'm not saying the roster is, doesn't have potential because it absolutely does. But – we all know in the NBA, young teams rarely win. And I know, I know what people are thinking. I know what they're going to say. They're going to say, well, look at Oklahoma City. They did what they did. But they also have Shea Gillis Alexander, one of the top, what would you say, 10, 15 players in the league this year. And yeah. sure, the coaching staff probably has something to do with that. I know some people have been trying to point that out. But let's just be honest. Uh, Shea Gillis Alexander was going to be good no matter who the coaches was. That was just the trajectory he was on already. He played with players like Chris Paul that absolutely helped him along the way. Um, he was already a really good player with the Clippers, and then he just kind of just took off once he became the main guy. So you can't compare teams to teams and, and just to make the Rockets look bad. You can't say, well, look at Oklahoma City. They were able to do this. And most people couldn't even name their head coach before he even got there. And the fact that he has really good player, he has a top 10, 15 player, that makes all the difference in the world. I mean, the Rockets saw that for years with James Harden with some of the rosters they had. I mean, no disrespect to some of the rosters that James Harden had when he was here, but he was literally dragging players like Omer Oshik <laughs> into Dorothy. the playoff. Yes, Francisco Joey, Joey Garcia. Started, like, <laughs> I an mean, astronomical like, amount of games because uh, Dwight Howard was injured. And like yes. that, that's Ray Ray Lewis with a football, and he and like he said that himself, and 
like he looked like Ray Lewis with a football because he was not he was not that good at basketball. Let's just be no, honest. I mean, no disrespect, but you like you said, you have to have players in this league to be able to win games. I mean, that's just a simple fact of the matter. And the Rockets, Jalen Green may get there one day. He may be a scoring champ one day. Jabari Smith may be an all defensive uh, all star one day, but they're not there yet. They're still extremely young and. The situation that South was put in was in it was a no-win situation. The front office, whether they want to admit it or not, were perfectly fine with not winning games. So you have an organization that was perfectly fine with not winning games. You've coaching one of the youngest teams ever, a team younger than the, your crosstown college, um, um, your crosstown uh, college team in the University of Houston Cougars. I mean, it's only so much you're really going to be able to do with this with this roster. Yes, there's some things he definitely could have did better. I never really liked some of his rotation. I definitely didn't like yeah. the way he um, didn't have certain players in, or he he put certain players to the side. Like for instance, and I and I was the one of the main guy with Dacia Nix, but he played Dacia Nix way too much this season. Didn't give Josh Christopher enough minutes. Ty Ty should have been playing more. Um, the fact that Alper and Shangoon took him that long to get in the starting line. There's things he could have did better. Um, but let's be honest, even if he was a perfect coach, this team wasn't sniffing a play in game. I mean, let's just be perfectly honest. They just, they weren't, they're not good enough yet to get to that point. So he was set up to where it was only so much he's going to be able to do. And this, this result was kind of written as soon as James Harden and Russell Westbrook left and they decided to tank. I mean, let's just be honest. Yeah, I think that, uh, like, as you were saying, um, there are some things that he definitely could have done better. Like, I'm I'm not, like, I don't want to sound like a like a Stephen Silas apologist. Like you said, the rotations were not great. Uh, there were some things as far as, like, guys playing over other guys, and it, yeah. it's just pretty obvious that, like, like Garrison Matthews, for example, uh, Bruno Fernando as another another example, yeah. Boban as a as another example, yet another example. Like these guys, honestly, like if this was a year where we weren't prior, prioritizing winning, and we were more or less prioritizing like player development, we should have seen more player development. There should have been more Ty Ty Washington. Like I still don't know what Ty Ty Washington brings to the table. All I know about Ty Ty is that he is way too good for to be in the G League. Like I just saw this man <laughs> score thirty eight points. In the in a um, G League Finals game, and I've seen him like score like didn't he score fifty? Score fifty, yeah. Yeah, like like he's too good to be in the G League. So um, as far as data points go, like I still don't know whether or not uh, Ty Ty Washington is a uh, viable NBA backup because we haven't seen enough minutes from him. We've seen those minutes allocated to guys like Dacia Nick, and we've yeah. seen those minutes allocated to guys like Garrison Matthews. And then we see uh, like a guy like 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 Josh Christopher, who um, he can get his own shot. He can attack the basket. He has a de- pretty decent mid range. His his flaws are like turnovers, um, outside shooting as far as like three point range, defensive but, lapses, yeah, uh, defensive lapses, which is pretty much everybody on the team. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But um, <laughs> like the the sad thing is like. Whoever is going to be the coach next season, they don't really have a good enough idea about who is Josh Christopher as a player, who is Ty Ty Washington as a player, who is Usman Garuba as a player, because we've seen like Bruno Fernando and we've seen Boban allocated minutes of, over him at times. Because like right now, and I'm a I'm a Garuba believer, right? 
he doesn't look like a guy who might be in the NBA for very long because now he's missing his shot. Like that was the yeah. one thing that I was hanging my hat on was like, okay, he's a very switchable uh, defensive player. He's able to uh, do all of these things as far as like being a short roll passer. Uh, and then he's able to knock down three pointers consistently, but now he's not even doing that. And I don't know what to believe now, because like, do I believe the fact that like he was knocking <clears> out like half of his threes and, or do I believe that he can't make a three? Like, I don't yeah. even know what to think now. And um, I think that is kind of an indictment on uh, Silas's rotation. Uh, so like we, we have all of these young guys who, and, and now that we're looking to probably try to at least push the button on winning next year. And um, like, what do you have with Garuba? What do you have with Ty Ty Washington? What do you have with Josh Christopher? And, and it's just kind of like a big mystery right now. And so that's yeah. definitely as far as like when, when you evaluate what Silas has done, I think to me that's probably <clears throat> been one of his biggest shortcomings. And then I would say the second shortcoming was probably like implementing more more plays. I, I, I guess he felt like the guys couldn't couldn't execute them. That's the thing. I don't think he trusted them to be able to execute those plays. Now that may that may not even been that may that may have been one of his downfalls. Uh, may have been true, may not have been true, but I just don't think he truly trusted them to be able to run, like just even some of the basic stuff he ran with Dallas. Now, of course, having Luca, you would think helps with that. We saw maybe not this year, but when he was with Luca, you know, of course, it, it's a lot easier to run those type of plays when you have a generational type player like Luca, but I just don't think he trusted them to be able to run more complicated uh, screen sets or more complicated um, dribble handoffs into a a, a, a backdoor cut i just don't i don't think he had the confidence in them to be honest with you yeah so now like when you look back though it's almost like what it makes him look incompetent unfortunately because Mm -hmm. you have guys like if you were to leave like some of the stuff that's come out in the articles today where like Jalen green was requesting to be coached (laughs) for you when you're when you're uh number two picking the draft just last season is at Hey, run some plays, like uh, you know, like coach up, like like he's begging to to actually be coached, and that's one of been that's been one of the biggest knocks on him is that he's just like this AU guy who just wants to go out there hoop, and he's a uh, you know, like he don't he doesn't care about like shot selection and stuff like that. But uh, these articles are are kind of in a way they're they're pretty damning of both Silas and in, in some ways of. Um, of uh the the general manager Raphael Stone. Yeah. And and at the same time it's almost like you see the articles but then you have to always think of what the sources are. Not to say that where they got the sources from or right. they just made it up. But what's the agenda a lot of time because you know a lot of time when coaches are let go stuff starts coming out the woodwork because certain people want to look a certain way and if they can make you know him look bad going on his way out then the most of the blame would go on him. Not to say that the stuff wasn't true, because I mean it definitely could be true. It definitely could be players could have been frustrated with Silas um, for you know several different reasons. But it's so hard to know exactly what's what because there's so much I'm sure that's happened. And there's so much that Silas is probably not even gonna Silas didn't even really even seem like the type of person that's gonna put out a bunch of dirt. Now I'm sure he has plenty of it that he can put out about yeah. the organization or about individual players or or whatever the case is. So it's so much we probably never hear about. But, I mean, at the end of the day, whatever the case is, the Rockets will be moving on to somebody else this next coming season. That's kind of where I want to 
before we finish the show, that's kind of where I want to go to next. We've seen names come out like Emi Odoko, Nick Nurse, Kenny Atkinson, Scott Brooks, for some reason. Um, we saw names like that come out. Me personally, and I got the endorsement from Mario Ellie, even though he might be kind of a little bit biased. But me personally, I would like for them to at least give Sam Cassell a chance. He actually did interview for the Rockets job in 2011 uh, before they hired Kevin McHale. He actually interviewed with Kelvin Sampson. He interviewed with Mike Woodson, um, a couple of other people. Actually, Mario Elliott himself interviewed for the job in 2011. So he has interviewed for Rocket Jobs before. He interviewed in 2022 for the Utah Jazz uh, position before they gave that to some uh, to uh, uh, somebody else. So he's been trying to get a head coaching job. And to me, it's not just a sentimental thing, even though it would be great for a lot of us Rockets fans that remember the 90s to have Sam Cassell back. It'll basically be like we were talking about before the show started there on D'Amico Ryan's um, hiring, bringing in Sam Cassell. That'll bring it all full circle and maybe kind of right some of the wrongs of trading him in the first place. But he's also a really good coach, and he has the respect of a lot of people around the NBA. I think he'd be able to come in and demand respect from any player on this team because I mean, he's an NBA. He's a three-time NBA champion. He's been the, one of the best players on a really good team when he was with Minnesota. Even with the, I mean, he was so good. He was able to help the Clippers get to the playoffs back when getting to the Clippers to the playoffs was like you never heard of that. <laughs> I mean, he was actually the, the the player that helped to get the Clippers to the playoffs when they hadn't been in the playoffs in decades. So he can demand that respect in the locker room. He can go in there and. To me, he would be somebody at least you would give an interview to and like seriously consider. There we go. Who are you thinking the Rockets? Who would you like the Rockets to at least bring in for an interview? Or do you just have somebody you would like them just bringing as a coach that you already know? So obviously, uh, we got the two names that we hear the most. We hear uh, Nick Nurse. We hear Adoka. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to hear them uh, bring in like Kenny Atkinson. I, I know some people don't like Kenny Atkinson for some reason. <laughs> But um, I think that he has shown in the past that he's been able to win with with a team with a, you know, like they with marginal talent. He's taken that that kind of team to the playoffs. And then he's also now um, in the Golden State Warrior uh, coaching tree. So, like, he gets to see some of that kind of stuff that's happening over there, which I mean, obviously, you know, as as, as a guy who's been watching a team who, who just kind of runs ISO and stagnated offense a lot. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing some of the principles that he's seeing over there in Golden State applied over here in Houston. And then, of course, like like you were saying, like Sam Cassell is kind of an obvious choice. I think he's a guy who's been overlooked over the years. Um, he's an interview for so many positions and he has not gotten one. To me, he would be like the D'Amico Ryan's Houston Texans hire. Um, of course, you have to be right about it. You have to, you know, like you have to like like what he's saying in the interview and 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 actually believe in a guy. Don't just bring him in for like nostalgia or anything like that. I'm not. That's not what I'm suggesting. But like, if you interview Sam Cassell and you feel like Sam, Sam Cassell is competent and you feel like Sam Cassell can take you to the next level, um, like you said, this is an important hire. Like you don't want to just bring in a guy just because it, it you know, for PR, right? Yeah. You want to bring in a guy who you feel like you can actually win basketball games with. And I feel like if you interview Sam Cassell and Sam Cassell um, gives you and he checks all the boxes like in the interview, I think he's a perfect hire because, like I said, like you you have that uh, you have that tie to the championship uh, years with the, the back to back with Hakeem. And uh, he was there for the first championship when it was Hakeem and Otis Thorpe and Brandon Maxwell. He was there for the second championship when it was uh, more Hakeem and um, 
Robert Ori and 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 Clyde Drexler. He was there for all of that. So like honestly, I would I would be very happy if if Sam Cassell proves to be a competent coach and they bring him back. But um, you know, obviously, like like you said, it's just kind of a like we got to get this right. So whether that's Nick Nurse, whether that's Emmy Adoka, whether that's Sam, um, whether that's Kenny Atkinson, or whether that's Sam Cassell or somebody we haven't heard of, I'm not in favor of bringing in Scott Brooks. I've kind of seen how that, I've kind of seen how Scott Brooks coached the uh, <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder. I've seen how he did in, in Wizards. Wizards. <laughs> And I'm not impressed, man. Like he, I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. He, you know, he also brings that connection to the to the championship years. But um, yeah, I don't think that's it. <laughs> I don't think that's it, bro. So like to me, like you got to bring in a, a a guy with head coaching experience. So maybe that maybe that eliminates Sam Cassell. But I feel like if Sam Cassell gives you a good enough interview where you feel like you believe in him and he's an up and coming, uh, like like really good coach I think you go with him because like at some point in time Nick Nurse was a new coach right uh he he you know before he, the Toronto Raptors appointed him as head coach he was just an assistant you know he yeah. was even down yeah. in the G League with the, with the with the RGD Vipers right and then uh Adoka wasn't a head coach he was with the Spurs um, right. so if you if you identify a an assistant coach who you think can take you to the next level then I think you need to go ahead and jump on that but if they feel like he's not the guy then I'll be okay with bringing in Nurse or Adoka, but like you said, like this, this has to be the right hire. I think I honestly think that um, Raphael Stone's job is on the line with this with this selection of, of head coach. Yeah, and like I said, don't get me wrong, I don't have anything against Nick Nurse. I think he's a good head coach. I just don't think it's as simple as everybody's making it. Like, well, the Rockets offering him a job, he's going to take it. I mean, Nick Nurse is going to have a lot of options. He's going to be he's an NBA uh, championship head coach. I mean, he's going to have a lot of. Well, it, it also Rockets. helps when you have. It also helps when you have Kyle Lowry, and you have um, Kawhi Leonard did help. Kawhi him. Leonard, yeah. and you have uh, <laughs> Pascal Siakam, yeah. and you have Fred Van Vliet. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, he's not going to have any of those guys when he comes to Houston. <laughs> and that's what people need to realize. I mean, as much as they want to think that, hey, you snap your fingers, you bring in a head coach, and all of a sudden the Rockets going to win next season, even if they bring in Wimbiyama, it's no guarantee the Rockets are going to win right away. I mean, it's going to – to me, it's also – it's, it's going to almost depend as much on what they bring in during the free agency period because as great as Wimbiyama could be, he's still going to be a rookie. I mean – Rookies can only be so good. I mean, I know that, you know, LeBron James came in and did what he did, but there's not too many LeBron James that's ever been in the NBA ever. So you're still going to need some vets. You're still going to need some good players around the players that they have now. I mean, one way or another, this roster is going to look different next season. I mean, we may not even see Uzma Garuba back next year. We may, I, mean, I don't think Dacia Nix is going to be back next season. Um, some other players that, a lot of people like may not even be on the roster next season. That's, that's this, the this thing. This team is going to look different. That's the thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of guys on the team who we we've, we've grown attached to, and they're not guaranteed to be here. Like no, uh, KJ Martin. I, uh, I think he's been arguably the third or fourth best player on the team this year. He might not be here. Um, and then you have you know like me. I've come on this podcast before, and I've talked. To, I've talked about how I felt like Usman Garuba was playing well. Well, he's not playing well right now. <laughs> so like he may be gone. Like Josh Christopher hasn't really gotten enough opportunity to evaluate him, but he may be um, 
he may be packaged to a pick or something, you know, as a sweetener. And so like there's there's I think a a lot of fans are going to deal with the cold, hard reality that the NBA is a business. And um, unfortunately, like your favorite players may be moved. Like if like if 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 Luka Doncic came available in a trade, like I don't think anybody on this roster is untouchable. You know what I mean? Like. Um, <laughs> they would still really trade like any of them. Let's be I honest. really like Jabari Smith Jr. I really like Alperen Shingun. But if you have uh, a guy like Luka Doncic who's who's on the market because he's demanding to be traded from from the Dallas Mavericks, I think any of those guys are, are on the table. To be honest yeah. with you, there's nobody nobody's untouchable. But there are players that the Rockets aren't reaching out to teams saying, right. "Hey, what what would you like for Jalen Green? Or, hey, what would you like with Jabari Smith?" I think Jalen, Jabari, um, Tari, and probably Alperin are probably the only players that are the Rockets aren't picking up the phone and thinking about trading. Not to say that they're thinking about trading all these other players, but they're not even first, second, third, fourth, fifth on their list of players that they want to trade. But like you said, if Luka comes available, Jalen Brown becomes available. Now, Jalen Brown's not on Luka's level, but – that I mean, Jalen Brown is still a star level player. So the Rockets don't have any just like untouchable players that there's just no way they would ever get rid of. They just don't have that on their roster yet. But they do have players that they're really trying to make sure that they're still going to be on the roster next season. Right. But, and I think I I think ideally you'd rather pair Jalen Green with one of those guys. Yeah. Play Jalen Green for one of those guys. I was just pointing out the fact that like um, as a fan, I think. Um, just seeing what you see on Instagram and, and Twitter and Facebook or, you know, TikTok, whatever you're on, guys get really attached to certain players and they become player only. They become player only fans. Like, let's just yeah. be honest. They become more of a fan of the player than of the team. And uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of those type of fans are about to be in for a rude awakening because ultimately, like, yeah. the, team, the team takes precedence over any player at this point. Yeah, I mean they should have known that with the with James Harden because we still got a lot of James Harden only fans. Me personally, I like the you know certain players. I mean, hell, I'm one of the biggest Akeemological fans you will ever find. But at the end of the day, I know the Rockets are the Rockets unless they move. I mean, hopefully not. You're right, right. Bertita, <laughs> you know, hopefully they'll never move. But the Rockets are the Houston Rockets. It's not the Houston Hardens or the Houston Jalen Greens. I mean. Players get moved all the time. I mean, freaking Hakeem Olajuwon finished his career with the Toronto Raptors. He took he was taking pictures with Vince Carter. I mean, and he, come on, and he was almost so, traded to the Miami <laughs> Heat before that. Almost for Ronnie Cycli and a bunch of other players. So anything can happen. Anything can happen. So that's why I try to ever to get uh, just so attached to players because any player can get traded at any time. We've seen it too many times happen. We saw it with James Harden. So. End of the day, the Rockets have to nail this this coaching hire, but they have to nail free agency because and, and, and Lashar, think about this. Like before before um before we're in this era that we're in right now, how do we get James Harden via trade? Yeah. How do we get uh Tracy McGrady via trade? trade yeah. Right. So like um a lot of and, and we gave up in order to get Tracy McGrady, we gave up Steve Francis, who was uh, a lot of people's favorite player, and and you know it hurt. Like I, I've had some some people on uh, like like Frank, for example, Athletic, 
He's told me like Frank. He he's told me like Frank, uh, Steve Francis was like his favorite player. Yeah. <laughs> and like then Clyde, Tracy McGrady, like, Tracy McGrady was better. Yeah, Clyde Drexler. I mean, I absolutely loved Otis Thorpe back in the day. I mean that that was a difficult. I mean, it wasn't just for me for the Rockets players. I mean, when Clyde Drexler came in, they gave him the cold shoulder. They were like, "Who is this guy trying to come in and tell right. us what to do? We just won a championship, and we lost Otis Thorpe." I mean, Otis Thorpe was. If you look up team player in the in the dictionary, I mean, Otis Thorpe absolutely has to be there because he's like the ultimate team player. But they did that to ultimately get better. I mean, if somebody like Otis Thorpe, who was part of a championship team, get traded, Sam Cassell, Robert Ory, which again, that was one of the worst trades ever. But they yeah. still they got traded because the Rockets were trying to get better. If any of those players get traded, hey, nothing against Jalen Green or you know Jabari Smith or Alperin Shangoon. Anybody can get traded if they feel like they can get better. If they feel like they can get a star level player, just I, all I'm saying is just be ready. This team right, is not going right, to be the right. same team it, you're going to have. We, we are not advocating those guys. <laughs> no, we're crazy. not. <laughs> that is like that is like last, like last uh, the last option, like yeah. worst case scenario. Because like 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 I said earlier, ultimately you would want to pair Alfred Shingoon or Jalen Green or Jabari Smith Jr. with a high level player that you bring in. You don't want to have to trade them for the high level player. But you know, there are situations where you don't really have a choice and you just kinda and that's Rafael Stone's job. That's his job. That's not our job. Our job is to talk about it. Our job is to like uh you know pontificate and like say we think it's dumb or say we think it's the greatest uh yeah. trade in the world or whatever. And it's just our opinions. And yeah. Rafael Stone is ultimately the person who's going to be, have his feet held to the fire over the decision that he made. But y'all yeah. need to be aware that, like, yeah, there there may be some uh, tough decisions that he's going to have to make because, uh, like I said earlier, I I do think that his job is on the line. He has to produce results now. Yeah, and like I said, that's his job, and we just give us our opinion. And but my opinion is, if they should not bring a Scott Brooks, none against <laughs> Scott Brooks. I love the Energizer, buddy. I, hey, he was great for the Rockets, but in, yeah, I, I I just don't think that would be the right hire. Energizer, uh, buddy, was it was one that would um, what isn't that what they called him? The Energizer, yes, buddy? that's what they called him back in the nineties yeah, when he came yeah. off the bench. Yeah, he uh, came in and he, like he he did some good things for us, but like I, you know, he, stay on that side, like they like John Moran said. Hey, he could be an assistant coach. I think no, he'll be okay a good assistant coach. Okay I have no problem with that. Hey, bring in Mario Alley while you're at it. I think Man, look, uh, I think he Mario would still in. want to be. Yes. Bring Mario. So, Mario, so, Mario is gonna provide that that hard nosed, tough love, tough yes. coach stuff. Like we need that. Like bring So I'm advocating like, that now. Bring all you ain't even got you ain't even gotta go looking for Mario. He's he's literally right in your it. facilities. <laughs> Just go over there and talk to him and bring him in. <laughs> but he's no, right seriously. But seriously, uh, we're going to be having a lot of great stuff coming up this offseason. We're going to have a lot of draft experts. Some former players hopefully will be coming in. We're going to be having exit interviews come up in a couple of days. Not every podcast can say they're going to be having people out at the exit interviews actually talking to the players and coaches. We're going to be hopefully talking to some, some, some draft picks. Hopefully they don't change that up this year where we actually be able to talk to some of the draft picks before the draft, during the draft combine. So we're going to be having a lot of exclusive content, a lot of great content coming up. Just we're going to be having breakdown videos. We're going to have a lot of different things. So we definitely, hopefully you continue to check us out, check us out on our new YouTube page. Like I said, um, it's Rockets Fuel podcast. Go look it up. Uh, make sure you subscribe, like, hit the notification because it's going to be a huge off season. Um, it's going to be a lot of craziness going on. 
um, especially around draft time. Uh, we're definitely going to have something going on then, uh, maybe breaking out a live show. So I say all that to make sure that you subscribe to the new channel, uh, hit that notification, give us some likes, because we definitely want to build this from the ground up the right way. And we're going to be doing a lot of collaboration with a lot of other different Rocket um, podcasts out there. Um, a lot of huge accounts, hopefully, will be bringing in, be doing some collaboration that we didn't do before. So definitely make sure you're sticking around for that. I appreciate my man, Vader. We got a lot of big things coming up, so I appreciate you jumping on every week. Absolutely. And and like uh, Lashar was saying, um, we're going to have a lot of stuff on here, unique content. Um, I'm going to make sure that I post videos. Obviously, right now, since the season is over, it's not going to be as many like uh, like game, you know, yeah. highlight videos from games and stuff like that. But um, I know a lot of you guys hop on YouTube to look for like highlight videos and stuff like that. And I'm definitely going to have uh, those on this channel as well. So be on the lookout for that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, we got a lot of big things coming up. Uh, we appreciate everybody that joins us every week, joins us in the future for all our future content. Uh, we appreciate all the support on Twitter or through our audio podcast. Everybody listen to that every week because I know some people prefer just listen to audio. Even if you have us on in the background, hey, we ain't mad at that. At least you have us on. <laughs> so we're not mad at that at all. We appreciate all the support over the year. Uh, it was a great season, even though the Rockets didn't have a lot of wins. We had a lot of great time, a lot of great conversations, and we look forward to a huge offseason. So make sure you are supporting the Rocket Field podcast, and we will definitely check you out in the next few days.